Hey everyone, my name is Jacinta and I'm one of the pastors here at HTBB. It's good to be with you here today. I don't know about you, but 2021 hasn't felt very different from 2020. In fact, you may even feel that the past couple of weeks have felt a bit more tumultuous than a few months ago. In a year that's been filled with fluctuation, uncertainty, and chaos, I've been drawn to things that are the opposite of that, things that have stood the test of time, things that have been constant and moving and grounded like trees. One of the most beautiful trees I know is this iconic old tree in Kuching, where I'm from. It's a cotton tree, or as the locals would call it, a kapot tree, and it stands tall right in the center of the city, in front of the cathedral. Now, there are different opinions about how old this tree is. It could be anywhere between 80 to 200 years old. But despite its age, what amazes me is that this tree has seen everything there is to see in the city of Kuching. From the Declaration of Independence, to the birth of our country, to a million wedding photos, to our very own local birthday rallies. And there's something special about a tree that has lived through monumental events in history. It has seen my grandparents and great-grandparents and great-great-grandparents, even when I have not. And this tree has seen children play. They, they've seen go to, children go to school. It's seen children get married. And then years later, these same children bring their children to the same grounds to play. And hopefully, it'll do this for many more years. And yet, as impressive as this tree is, there's something more special about it. And that's how deep the roots go. Obviously, when we admire a tree, we look at how big its trunk is, how green its leaves are, how tall it is. But the strongest part of the tree really is its most hidden part, its unseen roots. The roots of the tree are what keeps it alive. Every tree rises and literally falls on its roots. And today, I want to speak on what we can learn from trees to keep us rooted, especially in a season where it feels like the ground is shaking. There is a reason why God uses trees throughout Scripture to teach us about ourselves and to encourage us on how to live lives that are grounded in Him. In Scripture, people have been compared to animals and birds, from sheep and goats to eagles and doves to lions and serpents, but none of these come up as frequently as trees do. You know, right at the start in Genesis, it says, The Lord had planted a garden in Eden. God is a gardener. At the end, in the book of Revelation, it talks about where we will one day live, a garden city. And in the middle, when Jesus appeared after his resurrection, Mary Magdalene, who saw him, thought he was a gardener. God is often pictured as a gardener, and gardeners love their trees. So it's no accident that we are referred to as trees. Our passage today is found in Jeremiah chapter 17, verses 7 to 8. Let me read it to you. But blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord, whose confidence is in Him. They will be like a tree planted by the water that sends out its roots by the stream. It does not fear when heat comes. Its leaves are always green. It has no worries in a year of drought and never fails to bear fruit. As we read this passage together, you may have thought to yourself that you would love to be like this person who is like a tree planted by the water. This person doesn't fear when heat comes. They have no worries in a year of drought and they never fail to bear fruit. And if that's you, I want to encourage you that God is with you. 
in whatever season that you're going through. One of the books I've been reading recently is this book by German Forrester called The Hidden Life of Trees. And it is as quirky as it sounds. The subheadings say what they feel, how they communicate, discoveries from a secret world. And as much as I found it a little quirky, it's also helped me to understand passages like the one we just read. I want to share some of what I've learned from this book with you today. The first thing we learn about a tree planted by a stream of water is that it is always fed. One of the things that has kept us sane as a family during lockdown is being able to go on walks around our neighbourhood. And they're not like proper power walks like some of you do, but more like leisurely walks that uncles and aunties do. And we love these walks because we get to go out and we get to see people. It's also a bit of an education for Levi, our one-year-old. And when we're on walks, we're always hunting for, you know, the neighbourhood cats and dogs and squirrels and also the trees. So we say to Levi, look at how tall this tree is. Look at how wide the branches are. Look at how green the leaves are. But what has struck me is that when we admire trees, it's so easy to be fixated on what is obvious, how tall it is, how big it is, how wide the branches spread. But really what makes a tree strong is less about the height of the tree, but more about the depths of its roots. If you live in the Klang Valley like I do, you may have experienced some water cuts at home. It turns out that for a tropical country where it rains over 200 days a year, it is still possible to experience water cuts. What more, the supply of water in ancient Israel during the time this passage was written in a place where the climate was temperate and it didn't have regular rainfall. Now, we all know that trees rely on water to survive, and this tree could have been planted far away from a stream where its only source of water is rainfall. But scripture says this tree is planted by the water with no danger of a cut supply, not only alive in a year of drought, but fruitful. And while we see the fruit in the light, the roots work in the dark, underground where you can't see. The secret to any healthy tree is found in its roots. In fact, 80% of problems with dying trees is because of unhealthy roots and the soil around it. And it's made me wonder, isn't it interesting that the fruitfulness of a tree is an indication of the health of its roots? On the flip side, if we want our trees to thrive, we need to restore our roots. If we want to be fruitful in our relationships, our work, our lives, we need to invest in our foundations, the things that others may never see. God uses the darkness to cultivate things that need to be in us, before the light shines on us. God often does His best work in the dark. I think of athletes who train before the sun rises, babies who are formed in their mother's wombs, Jesus who rose on the third day after being in the darkness of a tomb. I think of Thomas Edison, the inventor. He tried 9,999 times before creating the light bulb that we know today, working hard and literally in the dark. And I wonder if Jesus is inviting you today to restore your roots. It might mean addressing a pattern in your life that you're trying to overcome. It might mean revisiting some things in your childhood and processing them with a trusted friend. It might look like spending some time in solitude with the Lord. You know, I heard uh, solitude described like this recently in a quote by Henry Nouwen. 
Solitude is the furnace of transformation. Jesus himself entered into this furnace. There he was tempted with the three compulsions of the world. To be relevant, turn stones into loaves. To be spectacular, throw yourself down. And to be powerful, I will give you all these kingdoms. Solitude is the place of the great struggle and the great encounter. The struggle against the compulsions of the false self and the encounter with the loving God who offers himself as the substance of the new self. What might it look like for you to invest in the roots of your life, to lean into your hiddenness, into the unseen things of your day-to-day, the mundane and obscure ways that you serve and worship God that no one might ever see or pray to you for? My encouragement for you today is that the Lord sees everything. He hears everything. The songs you sing as you worship Him, the tongues you pray, the food you cook, the floors you mop, the toilets you clean, the laundry you fold, the times you quietly choose to serve the people you live with and you work with. And every time you choose to restore your roots this way, something happens deep in your soul. And the Lord quiets you. He humbles your heart. He draws you to Him. And He refreshes your soul. The way to restore your roots is to invest in your hiddenness and to feed your soul in the stream of the Holy Spirit. The second thing we learn about a tree planted by a stream of water is that it is fearless when heat comes. You know, when I first read this passage, I thought to myself, well, shouldn't trees like heat? After all, heat helps to make trees grow, right? And I wonder if you feel like you're going through some heat right now, not a temperature kind of heat, but feeling the added pressure and stress with everything happening around the world right now. Actually, this book that I've been reading tells us that when it's really hot, it creates the perfect conditions for insects and pests to come out to attack the trees. And the first thing they attack, the leaves. And yet verse 8 tells us its leaves are always If you're wondering how this tree manages to avoid being attacked so that its leaves are always green, it's because, well, trees live in community. You know, when trees live together, they create this ecosystem with the local climate that helps to regulate the temperature around them. Branches, they work together to generate humidity, and the roots, they supply nutrients to one another through an interconnected root system. This book calls The Wood Wide Web, also known as WWW in the Jungles of Borneo. Because the roots are well-nourished and the environment has just the right level of humidity, the tree is healthy. You can tell from its green leaves. So it's no wonder the trees are fearless when the heat comes. When they're lonely, they can branch up to one another. When it's windy, they can lean on one another. And life is better together. It's not just a catchphrase for connect groups, but also for trees. I read recently about an ongoing longitudinal study of over 600 nuns across several convents in the U.S. since the 1980s. And this research project is called The Nun Study, and it looks at Alzheimer's disease and how to age well. And it's fascinating. These nuns who agreed to be part of the study, they do a series of tests regularly over many years of their lives, and then they donate their brains after they passed on. And some of the findings based on the MRI scans show that Although their brains have signs of dementia, they didn't actually live 
with any of these symptoms. In fact, this study which controls for gender tells us that nuns live significantly longer than other women. Dr. Snowden, who headed up this project, said that he thinks a huge factor that helped the nuns to age gracefully and to live longer was their spirituality, their faith in Jesus, and their community. I wonder if you felt fearful this past year, fearful for your health, for your family, for your livelihood. Sometimes, simply knowing that someone else knows your fears is walking with you and praying for you in the journey can help to carry you. And I'd love to encourage you, if you're not yet part of a team or a connect group, you can join one today and get plugged into community. Our CGs aren't at the level of nunneries, but they're almost as good. So if earlier we looked at how the stream of the Holy Spirit can sustain you, here we see that your community can carry you. When we surround ourselves with friends, we can be fearless when the heat comes. Finally, the third thing we learn about the tree planted by the stream is that it is fruitful even in a time of drought. Now, the thing about bearing fruit is that it takes time, right? In the house that Abel grew up in, we have a mango tree that took at least seven years from the time it was planted to start bearing fruit. And it was seven years of hard work watering and pruning it and tending to it before it started bearing fruit. But now, every time it fruits, it is such a gift, especially for me, it's my favorite fruit. And what struck me the most from this book is how trees grow, especially in a forest when trees are left to their own devices, there will always be a canopy of taller, older trees. And these guys, they get all the sunlight, about 97%, very good to produce fruit. So now what happens is that the younger trees then spend a disproportionate amount of their lifespan as shorter, fatter trees under the canopy of the older, taller trees. Now, because these shorter trees barely get any sunlight, they can hardly grow upwards. So whatever energy from the 3% of sunlight they get, they grow outwards just a little bit each year. They invest in strengthening their trunk. And so the layers, they become tighter and stronger. They become immune to infestation as the trunk becomes thicker and thicker and thicker. And when a tall tree dies, this shorter tree is then able to shoot up because of how strong it is. But when an older tree falls too soon and a shorter tree hasn't had the decades to grow the trunk thick and tight, the tree shoots up, but it never lasts. Now, the challenge is that we are wired to live in a way where we want to be the taller trees that form the canopy. We want to bear fruit, but we want to bear it now. So we might try to shoot up without really investing in growing our roots deep and our trunks wide. And so I wonder, after nine months of being locked in, if you feel a little like me, a bit like a shorter and fatter tree, frustrated that we haven't seen much fruit. Jesus is calling us to broaden our base. And in this season, we can secure our strength. A tree is not great because of how tall it is, but because of how strong the base is. How do you do this? Well, it starts with what it says in verse 7, by putting our trust and confidence in God. It means trusting Him to bear fruit, even when we can't see it right now. It means investing in the unseen things, knowing that God sees. In a time of uncertainty, chaos, drought, and fear, God is drawing us to Himself to secure our foundation in Him. He is our one constant, the stream that never runs dry, 
He is the rock on which we stand, our firm foundation. It's in focusing on our foundations that God brings about fruitfulness in our lives. So today, why don't we put our trust in Him? He is the stream that will sustain you. He surrounds you with community that will carry you. He is the firm foundation through whom you'll bear much fruit. Amen. Let's pray. Why don't we put our hands in front of us and receive from the Lord? Why don't you present your request to God? As I was preparing this sermon, I, I sensed that the Lord might be wanting to speak to someone who might feel like you're quite junior in your organization. You feel like the shorter, fatter tree. I feel like the Lord wants to encourage you that He is using this season of your life to invest in your roots and your foundation. There might be someone here who um, you're trying to invest in the unseen things, trying to overcome, and the encouragement is that in Christ, we are overcomers. We are more than victorious in Christ. So let's present our needs to the Lord right now. Jesus, we invite you to come and speak to us. Help us and give us strength to invest in our roots this season. In your name we pray. Amen. 